Lynch's Musicians You Should Know. This is Nick Drozoff, your friendly neighborhood studio man, once again acting as your host. Our show today features a unique band from Green Bay, Wisconsin called Brass Differential. This unusual group has evolved into one of the busiest bands in all of North Central Wisconsin. It's really going to be interesting to find out just exactly how they do all of that. But before we get to the show, as usual, I have some business to take care of. First, as a reminder to my listeners, I am a wedge trumpet mouthpiece endorsing artist. I use Dave Harrison's mouthpieces exclusively on all my horns, from bass trumpet to piccolo trumpet. To find out more about these wonderful mouthpieces, just go to the website www.wedgemouthpiece.com or call Dr. Dave Harrison, the creator of Wedge Mouthpieces, at 877-679-3343. He'll be glad you did. Next, I'm also a Getson trumpet artist. I play Getson trumpets exclusively, once again from bass trumpet all the way up to piccolo. My two favorite B-flat trumpets are my 1971 vintage Doc Severson Large Bore Eterna and my more contemporary Getson Genesis custom trumpet. Phenomenal horns with even more phenomenal vowels. Contact your local music store about buying a Getson today. All right, that's enough of the trumpet geek stuff. Now on to some more personal business. I want to take a moment to plug my own website again. The URL is www.nickdrawsoff.com. I have educational videos, videos of my performance work, info about trumpet lessons, my bands, and much, much more. I also have a blog that should be of interest to educators and trumpet and music enthusiasts. There's no fee for any of this, though any digital tips you might feel inclined to offer up via PayPal are more than welcome. Also, as always, I'm looking for gigs. I do classical work, jazz, section, lead trumpet work, and big bands, and jobbing is still of great interest to me. Hit the website and get my contact info there. All right, that's enough of all of that. Now let's get on to the show. In 2017, my wife and I started spending much more time up north in our new home in Sturgeon Bay, Wisconsin, which is about 45 minutes north of Green Bay. I started sitting in with big bands in the area in order to get to know some of the nice people up there. One band I ran across was Brass Differential, a New Orleans-style second-lining band, and we'll talk a little bit more about what that is later. And this band is led by Kelly Galarno on sousaphone and Bill Hill on trombone. I follow this crew online, and I've sat in with them a few times. It is a fine band with a very laid-back, easy-going vibe. More impressively is how busy these guys are. The Brass Differential Band, or various incarnations and subsets of the band, seem to be working constantly in Green Bay or the surrounding area. Every time I've encountered them has been at the Blue Opus Club in Green Bay, and the houses have been either standing room only or close to it. Before we get into the show proper, so to speak, let's listen to Brass Differential. Uh, this is a, a quintessential second line tune uh, called My Feet Can't Fail Me Now. Now, second line bands. A second line band typically has two or three trumpets, uh, trombone, saxophone, sousaphone, no bass, and drums. Uh, Brass Differential added a guitar and vocalist to kind of uh, uh, flesh out the band a little bit differently. Once again, here's their take on My Feet Can't Fail Me Now. Thank you. 
I caught up with the band at the Blue Opus a little over a month ago. In fact, the background music right now is their performance. All of my recording was done on my cell phone with a Little Sure MV88 stereo mic. Nothing fancy. I spoke to Kelly before the gig, and then I caught up with Bill after the gig. Let's start off with what Kelly had to share. I'm sitting in my car with uh, Kelly Galarno. We were in the club, the Blue Opus, uh, the, but there's a lot of noise in there, and it's going to be a little hard to chat. Uh, coming down to hear the band Brass Differential, and Kelly is um, one of the founders of the band. And I've been particularly intrigued about talking to you guys for some time now because, um, uh, you know, this is Green Bay, Wisconsin, which is, you know, kind of, you know, it's a, it's not a huge city, but uh, it is a little more rural around here. And that you guys have found just a ton of work in a real solid niche with a second line band, mm-hmm. which I just find amazing. So uh, I guess the, uh, the first thing I would ask is what, you know, uh, what, uh, <laughs> How did you come up with the idea of doing a second line band in Green Bay, Wisconsin? Well, first of all, I think it's I think it's funny that like people from Milwaukee and Chicago think Green Bay is some northern outpost, you know, uh-huh. that we like live in the woods and stuff. Like, yeah. but we're a legit city. We have internet and everything nowadays. So, I'm um, sorry. <laughs> right. I mean, I don't mean to anything no. negative about the no, Green Bay. You're not the first person who's like yeah. thought those things, but um, but yeah, Bill and I. Um, Bill uh, being Bill Hill. Okay. Um, he's a trombone player. He and I put this band together. And, you know, the history is kind of long. Um, he and I met. We both worked at Notre Dame Academy. He was okay. the band director, and I teach math. And we both started working there in 2003. 
and we're both playing around like uh, we're both trombone players both playing uh big band gigs and stuff and we uh we actually went on a high school band trip to new orleans it was his high school band i went as a chaperone and we both just like love new orleans because okay. a lot of people fall in love with that city and the music and everything and that was 2010 and we both came back from that trip and we we're like we need to start our own group. It's time. You know, like we played with other bands and we we're like, it's time to start our own thing. Yeah. And we wanted to do, you know, New Orleans second line stuff, but we wanted to put other stuff in there too. So we wanted to make it more funk, some bluesy stuff too, but also like the New Orleans stuff. And um, up until that point, I had never played tuba in my life. I just, really? I just decided I was going to start playing tuba. So that was eight years ago. And so I got a sousaphone and I started working on it. And um, the transition from trombone to tuba took me really two years um, of practicing every night for at least an hour, um, okay. you know, to work on my chops and and uh, become the player that I'm now. Wow. Okay. Now uh, that's interesting. Um, I kind of launched into the discussion about brass differential, and we got a nice start there. But I want to find out a little bit more about you. Uh, and you kind of tipped off two things I was aware of, and I want to, our listeners to be aware of this, too. Your expertise as a teacher is in math, mm -hmm. correct? Yep. Um, and yet you're a trombone player and a musician as well. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's important for our listeners to know mm -hmm. because um, one of my target markets are young musicians who are struggling to find their identity in an in a epic or an era mm -hmm. that is not necessarily kind to musical artistry mm -hmm. in, in general. And so how are they going to survive? Uh, and so I'm going to circle back that a little bit in a minute. Okay. But can you tell me a little bit more about, you know, how did you come to uh, marry this concept of music and math in, in your life? How did that come to be something as part of you? Well, I went to Pulaski High School which had a really good reputation as a music high school. You know, okay. we had some excellent band directors there. Is that in Green Bay? It's outside of Green Bay, yes. Okay. Small town outside of Green Bay. Okay. And uh, so I had, I had an excellent high school music experience. And when I went to college, I went to UW-Green Bay. And, okay. and I had considered music as a possibility, but I just really loved math, and I really wanted to teach math, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. I was really drawn to that. And I, and I was like, should I continue music at least somewhat? And I chose to do just the jazz band. Okay. I, I played trombone in the jazz band. And um, people wanted me to do pep band and other things, but I was like, nope, I want to graduate. So I want to get a degree and get out of here <laughs> in, in, in under six years. So I stuck with just the jazz band. And I'm very glad I did because I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. And I did take it seriously. Like, I did practice, you know. Um, I, I didn't just, like, you know, sort of mail it in just because it was my one music class. Yeah, um, yeah. I did take it seriously. Um, and I made a lot of good friends that way. Um, and then when I was in college, um, we did a special concert. Um, it was a tribute to Frank Sinatra because Frank Sinatra passed away. Yeah. And that concert turned into a band that actually um, toured around and played, uh, led by John Salerno. And so that band lasted about 10 years. And for a long time, that was my only gig was uh, that Sinatra band. Yeah. But it kept me practicing and it kept me playing. Wow, that's great. Yeah. That's great. Now, um... Uh, given that so many of our listeners, hopefully some of my listeners, are, again, these younger musicians or people looking to find a way, mm. how would you comment on the idea of having a day job uh, and still being a professional musician? Mm. Uh, what would be your feeling or thoughts about that? Yeah, I'm kind of the poster child for that because like, I've always had a different career path and I, I, I never was like, I'm going to be a musician full time. I've never yeah. had that thought. But I've always continued doing it, and I love it. Um, I'd say that you pretty much have to give up other hobbies. So, yeah. like, I used to play golf. I don't play golf anymore. Okay, that's I used to play video games. Yeah. I don't play video games anymore. <laughs> I, I'd love to go fishing. I just don't have time for that. Yeah. And those are things that later on in life I would like to go back to. Yeah. But, but music is my thing. You know, in my free time, I'm going to spend working and practicing on music, you know. And uh, um, and it's it's... It's a good choice because so, dare I say yeah. you would have a dual <laughs> career lifestyle. Sort of, yeah. Okay, I, I like I, that. I do see it that way. I don't, I don't think of it as a second job because it is fun. Yeah, you know, it's something that I really genuinely enjoy, and yeah. I, yeah. I, you know, I would have a hard time imagining my life without it. You know, um, yeah, I'm but, right there with you. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, um, so there's no shame 
than going for the day job if you want to be a professional musician. Yeah, especially in Green Bay, it's really hard to make a living full-time as a musician. Okay. And, and, yeah, and I know you've talked to a lot of other people who have a patchwork music career, right? Uh-huh. Like they're performers, but they're also teaching lessons yeah, and, yeah. you know, run a music store, whatever. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Um, but this is another option. Yeah. You know? So, uh, you know, uh, again, yeah. I, I, I like that. It's mm-hmm. another option. That's a good way to put that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so important advice for um, uh, newer musicians out there. Now, one of the things I've kind of noticed about brass differentials, circling back to the, the trigger for the whole discussion here, um, this man has gotten just insanely busy. Mm-hmm. I feel like every time I turn on Facebook or look on Twitter, there's something going on with you know, brass differential somewhere around here. How have you guys, uh, if, without giving away trade secrets, so to speak, yeah. how have you developed that kind of work? Uh, I mean, this has got to be the busiest band in the area around there, right? Uh, no, definitely not the busiest band in the, band in the area. There's um, other bands out there that play a lot more than us. Really? Um, yeah. Okay. Um, and I can name them if you want, but um, no, this we, is about you guys. Yeah, we, exactly. <laughs> we we, um, we started out and um, we were playing like monthly, and um, and then we just and mainly we had a, a home, Adam Street Pub. Okay. That we played at there was a little bar downtown, and we played there monthly. And then we started picking up extra gigs in the summer because summer is when stuff happens around Wisconsin. And pretty quickly we went to about twenty five gigs a year. Okay. And then we held steady at that for like the past five years and then this year we actually had been very busy like we're gonna hit like 40 or 45 wow. so yeah um it, it's this year is our busiest year yeah. that's great and to me the growth felt slow like uh-huh. it like we started slowly and ramped it up you know it didn't happen just like boom out of the box we're a big deal around town um it's taken time for us to get our name out there you know have you so, done anything specific to to build that work i mean what like um, i mentioned twitter and facebook mm-hmm. do you do, yeah. do you have like a plan or is it just kind of happening um yeah it's just kind of happening i mean we make friends with everybody we know um just spreading the word with musicians and okay um having a regular place to play was really key for us early on uh-huh. and it's still key for us now we play at the blue opus twice yeah. a month now okay um and I think it's a great thing to have a relationship with a business, like, you know, a place to play. Yeah. It's good for both ways because we're not playing bar gigs anymore. Okay. We don't have to schlep equipment to some tiny bar where we're okay. fit in the corner. We get to play on this beautiful stage at the Blue Opus. And if people in Green Bay want to come see us, they know where to find us. We're at the Blue Opus. Yeah. You know, okay. so it's made a nice relationship that way. And it's well, it's a model that's really working for us. Last time I came down to hear you guys... I couldn't sit down. Mm-hmm. I May mean, I walked in this place? I thought, okay, and it's a Friday night, you know. Yeah. And I walked in. I, holy moly! I could not sit down. Yeah. I could I, I, I basically had to go find the place to stand <laughs> in a corner to listen to you. <laughs> so you pack them in, and that's that's a that's a great thing to see. Um, so I just I I think it's wonderful that this kind of music is getting uh, mm-hmm. traction mm-hmm. Uh, in. You know, uh, again, I know we were talking about Green Bay being a real city and all that <laughs> stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, the thing is, people tend to think of Chicago because that's only three and a half hours away, or sure. maybe Milwaukee, sure. two two and a half hours away. But the thing is, uh, it's up here too, and there's yeah. some. There's, that's what knocked me out when I started living up here part time, mm-hmm. is that there's some great music and there's some great musicians, mm-hmm. and uh, that's what I think is uh, another neat aspect of getting to uh, uh, you know here of brass difference I'll see what you guys are doing one of the things I've asked everybody that I've talked to since I started this little show Duets from the Trenches um, is to talk about diversity in music and you know and for me diversity means a variety of things it can be age diversity this mm-hmm. is something I'm a little sensitive to mm-hmm. uh, it can be gender diversity mm-hmm. and it can be racial diversity um, you know uh, to me, I think this is a potentially interesting discussion because Second Line Music came from New Orleans mm-hmm. and it is um, uh, has its roots in African-American music. Mm-hmm. Um, do you see issues with diversity uh, in music, at, well, again, around Green Bay? Mm-hmm. Is, this a, is this something that has been a challenge uh, to, to find balance? Um, uh, yeah, I'll just toss it back to you. Um, yeah, yeah. Um... In Green Bay, you know, we have the music in Green Bay is a lot of cover band music, a lot of pop music, okay. country and rock seems okay. to dominate. And yeah. there's not a lot of 
interesting styles happening out there. And I love to go see any band that's trying something different. Okay. Know? So, like, jazz, blues, funk. Yeah. You know, um, like, uh, bluegrass has, has been kind of a fad in the past 10 years. Um, so, like, I, I really go to seek those things out. Um, but to get back to, like, the, the racial, you know, ethnic um, and age diversity thing, mm -hmm. I don't know, Brass Diff, we've been very open. Like, we've had... Um, guys who are older play with us. We've had guys who are younger play with us. Um, regulars and I've subs. Been to that. Yeah. yeah, and we've we've got a female in the band now. Uh, we just added her last year, but she's been wonderful. Um, we got T, who's African American. He's a great guy. We just added him two years ago. Um, and band members come and go, and that's okay. Yeah. That happens. Um, I don't know. It's um, we just are. We we don't really care who plays with us um, as long as they're professional. And as long as they have a positive attitude, yeah. it's um, it's just important not to have too much drama. You have to have people you can rely on. <laughs> yeah. And people that you really like, genuinely enjoy being around. Right, like, right. Like, like you genuinely want to be friends with them. Those are the kind of people you want in your band. Yeah. Um, and uh, and sometimes it's you're picking the person who's not the most amazing player. You're picking the person who's just like someone you, you'd want to spend a lot of time with because you're going to spend a lot of time with them. Yeah, exactly. Right. Or in the car traveling to a gig or yeah. whatever. So <laughs> they got to be people you genuinely enjoy. And the chemistry on stage is going to be much better yeah. if you're you know if you're with people you enjoy. If you're having a good time on stage, the audience is going to notice that you know. Yeah. And Brastiff has done. A really good job of that we've done a really good job of just like having fun you know well without a doubt again the place gets packed mm -hmm. okay i've got to ask a technical brass geek question <laughs> mm -hmm. okay uh you started out in trombone then mm -hmm. you moved over to uh, tuba sousaphone mm -hmm. and then uh, yeah, I, now if you listen to the recordings from brass differential anybody who's got an ear will notice this but you might think oh yeah they could punch things in it's in the recording studio but i've heard mm -hmm. you do it live mm -hmm. When do you breathe on these things? I mean, I, I've, you know, I, I've noticed this about second-line Sousaphone yeah. players, but I've really been impressed watching you play because you launch into the baseline Jocko style, uh -huh. and you just play and play and play. I, yeah. Is this something that is unique to Sousaphone? I mean, I couldn't imagine doing that on a trumpet. Yeah. it. I mean, it kind of is. I mean, I've... The way I play, I've just emulated other players that I've heard. Um, that's, you know, how I learned to play is just by playing music, mm -hmm. um, playing along with music. And a lot of the funk stuff and other stuff that's, I just, I kind of figured out a way to play it on sousaphone. Like, I don't know if it's like that Jocko stuff. It's not exactly meant to be played on sousaphone, <laughs> but um, I do cheat or I've got tricks that I use and uh -huh. I'll share some of them. Um, you just breathe a lot more often. So yeah. like I'm breathing like every measure. Like, literally every measure. Okay. And I'm sneaking them in really fast. You're just doing it really quickly. Okay. Um, and I always get asked this question every time Every time I play a gig. At the break <laughs> or after the game, somebody will come up to me and they're like, oh, my God, how are you doing this? And, <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know. I just figured it out. And, yeah. yeah. Um, and I say that, like, what happens is I'll start playing. My lips start hurting. I keep playing. My lips go numb, and I keep playing. And that's <laughs> oh, how that man. works. <laughs> okay. All right, so you play till you're numb, and then you keep playing. Right, and, yeah. and our gigs are three hours, four hours. I, I mean, know. We'll, we'll take breaks, but, like, four-hour gig. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you've worked. You've definitely worked out. And I think the idea that, you know, when you say that you've figured it out, uh -huh. I think that is an, an important concept. Mm -hmm. Uh, for a lot of brass playing, people just yeah. figure things out. You can, you can go all the technique books you can want, right. but ostensibly you have to just get it on the horn yourself, and right? Kind of, kind of work it out. A couple other tricks is like if my lips are really wearing out, I'll just take it down an octave and keep playing because you know when you're playing lower, your lips get a chance to loosen up. Yeah, you yeah, know, that's and that true. saves me. Um, a lot of stuff that I'm trying to emulate, like bass players where they're playing nonstop. Yeah. I mean, I've got to I've got to breathe in there. So I'll, I'll like instead of just playing nonstop notes, I'll play a rhythm that enables me to sneak a breath in. Okay. You know? And so I'm timing that out in advance. Never have any problems with hyperventilating or anything. One time I was hyperventilating on my feet can't fail me now actually. Oh wow. And I started going into this like panicked feeling. Uh huh. And I wasn't sure what to do. Um, and I just for a second I stopped playing, and air came out of my mouth. <laughs> so like I apparently. Had taken in too much air, yeah, not the other way yeah, around. Yeah. So, um, and and that was weird, but it's never happened again. Yeah. 
Once you have it happen, then you start to work it out as to how not to do that. Yeah. Now, uh, how can we find out about breast differential online? Tell us everything you can mm-hmm. about people who are listening to this program, how they can go find breast differential and find your music. Well, we're on Facebook and Twitter as Brass Differential. Okay. Um, website is BrassDifferential.com. Okay. So pretty easy to find us. Yeah. Okay. And uh, there's some samples of your music there? Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, yep. Okay. We've got some, some demos. We uh, are working on a project. we got to get some originals uh, put together, and that will be happening in the next year, I hope. Okay. So, yeah. That sounds great. And we play mostly in the Green Bay area. Uh, we travel north to Crivitz, south to Appleton, Madison, Milwaukee once in a while, um, Door County, those kind of, that's kind, okay. of our, it's kind of our area. That's where I live. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, Kelly, I really appreciate you taking the time to chat with me today. Uh, we're definitely going to be listening to some of the music in the program. But thanks for sharing everything about Brass Differential. It's a great band. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right. <laughs> Thank appreciate you. it. That's cool. Now let's hear from trombonist and vocalist Bill Hill. Bill is also the owner of the Blue Opus. The Blue Opus is an open-minded, creative space where great food, great music, great cocktails, and great people join together in a jazz club-like setting. And in part, Bill created this club as an outlet for the music as well as a new business. So let's hear from Bill. Bill Hill, who is the founder, uh, or one of the founders of uh, Brass Differential. Okay, so uh, Bill's the trombone player and one of the singers. You got to sing a lot tonight. I enjoyed that. Uh, so anyway, tell me about yourself. Tell, tell a little bit of history about you know, what got you into music uh, and how did you end up doing what you're doing now? Oh, yeah, thanks for asking that. That's, a, that's great. You know, I grew up in a small town north on a farm. I grew up in Crivitz, Wisconsin, okay. and with, with no background at all. Uh, and I think about that a lot. I wonder, you know, because I've always been absolutely in love with music. Been, you know, I, I would, I would, uh, I'd stay in my room all day with a clock radio, just freaking, just listen over and over to, you know, radio stations. My parents would have to beg me to come down to eat, and uh, you know, and I, I can't explain that. I don't yeah. know where that comes from, you know, and music. and I uh, just love music, and all kinds of music, yeah. you know, all kinds, any any genre, you know, and. Um, went to college at Adobe Stevens Point okay. for music. And, so you uh, majored in music? Yeah, oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Majored at Stevens Point, and, and uh, I remember my first day of college, and uh, Professor Roger Braun, you know, let me, let me lucky enough to let me uh, be in the jazz band. So I was in the, the jazz band two, playing the third trombone book. And uh, I remember the first class, the first day, my first day of college. Uh-huh. It was 11 o'clock, and I walked into to the, to the rehearsal room at Stevens Point, and and the first tune that I counted off was Maiden Voyage. It's a Hermine Hancock tune. And I really thought that I knew jazz, but I didn't. I didn't know anything about it and until until the count off. Yeah. And I couldn't. I froze. Yeah. It was amazing. It was, it was an incredible experience. I sat there, and I couldn't play. I, I read. I knew I was supposed to play. You know, I couldn't pick my horn up. I couldn't move. Wow. The, and it was a rehearsal with the last band. I couldn't believe it. You know, and in fact, in Brass Differential is uh, Mike Sewell. He plays Barry Sax. Uh-huh. And uh, and uh, he was playing lead alto in that band on that day, you know. There, yeah, and that was yeah. how we became fast friends, you know. So after that, after that uh, rehearsal on the first day of my college life, uh-huh. I skipped my next class and I went down to the music store on the square in Stevens Point. I bought Best of the Blue Note, Herbie Hancock, <laughs> and I, I listened to that thing, how Freddie Hubbard on trumpet, oh, and, you yeah, know, the whole yeah. thing, yeah, you, know, you know, the whole. Oh my goodness, you know, and that was. That was my introduction to jazz. Okay, okay. You know. Now, did you uh, do music professionally in some way? Were you a teacher? Uh, yeah. You know, before I graduated, I had an opportunity to play professionally. Uh, joined this band called Jive Deluxe. Okay. We went down to Nashville. We did. We recorded down there an album called Backwards on a New York Street. Okay. And uh, and then we went on tour, and I played with them every night. Traveled all over, uh, all over the country. Played Vegas for six months. Um, all kinds of great stories. I was 21 years old, lucky guy, you yeah, know. And yeah. then, and then did it for a year. And then I, I, uh, I left the band to, to finish college. I yeah. promised my folks and some people I would finish college. Yeah, yeah. Of course, as soon as I did, they went on a European tour, and I wish I'd have stayed. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, it was nice to get back to, 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 to school and finish it. And then I did my student teaching. I became a music teacher. And okay. I, I, I taught at. Uh, That's kind of <laughs> to Wisconsin Rapids, I, I taught over there. 
with Bob Kaiser and Dale Dahl and okay. and uh, Jeannie Olson and and uh, before I graduated, I, I got a job. They offered me a job, so I took a job yeah. teaching there, uh, and I taught uh, you know uh, junior high there in the jazz band and everything yeah. I did there. And then uh, before I took this job at Notre Dame Academy, okay. where I taught for 13 years, high school band in Green oh, Bay here. Wow. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Now, um, uh, now you're not doing music as a teacher. Right. Well, you're, you uh, run the Blue Opus Club, which we're sitting in the uh, store of Blue <laughs> right, right now. Um, what prompted that switch in your life? I, you know, and I would tell my students this all the time. I and mean, teaching was fun, but I, I, it was about playing. You know, I was a man. You know, I wish I could be playing right now. Okay. You know, and and uh, you know, and I never that that when I feel when I'm playing, I'm the happiest I can be. When I'm playing, I, I feel totally like myself. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like when you're playing, you just feel like you're home. Uh-huh. You no matter where you are, you feel like you're right. You know, you're just you're, you're expressive. You, you you it's just especially when I get to play with brass differentials. It's an identity. Boy, totally get that. Yeah. You know, and and just to be able to play freely, uh-huh. you know, and, and and expressively, and just and then that feeling that you get when you're playing, and, uh-huh. and you know it's good, and you have love the people around you, you know. Now, do you feel that moving to running this restaurant music club uh, has afforded you more freedom to do that? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I really enjoyed my time as a teacher. Um, it's a tough job. It's, it's a really tough job. I, I can't tell you how much respect I have and appreciation and gratitude for those soldiers doing it. Uh-huh. You know, I mean, anything I can do for the music teacher community, man. I, yeah. Man, oh man, they they need they need the support. I mean, I'm, I'm really grateful for that. You know, because that all feeds together. We're all in it together. You know, right, it's right. A, it's a big family. Very cool. Now, I have a question for you. Right, well, first of all, uh, what prompted you and Kelly? to put together the band Brass Differential. Let me jump in there with a thought. When I first started coming to hear you guys, I'm thinking, I'm in Green Bay, Wisconsin, right? Now, no Kelly left on me for this, but uh, there's nothing wrong with Green Bay. It's a smaller city, uh, but I would not have thought of Green Bay as a place where a second-line band <laughs> would take hold of it has. So, um... What prompted the decision to form this kind of band? Yeah, that's a great question. Thanks for asking that. First, I'd really like to say that that Green Bay is extremely rich. Okay. There, there is a I'm really strong, proud, and and an extremely talented and skilled foundation here. Yeah. yeah. You know, and that goes back to Level Lives. Yeah. Like UWGB. I mean, what he did there in in a program that 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 came from there. There, there, there are horn players in Green Bay that can that can really blow. Oh, I, I'm picking up on that. You know, yeah. and, 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 and and we all, I mean, you know, we, we run into each other all the time. We're doing all these projects together. You know, John Salerno's doing this new Frank Sinatra tribute band. Okay. Then you, you know, you catch it. And the next thing you're playing and you're doing this other group, the Packer Band. Now you're playing, you're in the, <laughs> all these other, you know, whatever it is. But we're all, you know, and, and there's plenty of work. Yeah. And, 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 you know, we're all, you know, we're all... You know, we're all trying to get better, you yeah, know, and yeah, you got that yeah. the hung, it's hunger, you know, and, yeah. and uh, you know, I was playing in cover bands. I'm playing in jazz groups where I didn't where I didn't I wasn't satisfied. Yeah. You know, I was playing, you know, you're playing in a band, you're reading it. It's fine, but you don't get a chance to really play. Yeah. yeah. And you got this idea, you know, Kelly and I went down to New Orleans. In fact, you know, I brought along. Uh, I was I, I took my high school band. To New Orleans, and we would go down there, and he would chaperone. And Kelly's always been this moment we met at Notre Dame, yeah. and we became like very, very tight. Right, right. And so we would go down there, and we would watch what they were doing down there. And you go and you hear those brass bands down there playing what they're doing, Amazing, yeah. and the whole world opens up, you know. Yeah. So we did that a few times, been in New Orleans several times, and and you have that experience basically. And then, uh, yeah, there's no turning back. I yeah, mean, you, yeah. you know, you, you, that's going to have a big impact on, on, on you. And, right, and right. so, I mean, that, and I know Kelly saw, you know, he would tell me about seeing like the Dirty Dozen Brass Band over at Donita, you know, and say, man, I just want to do that, right. you know. And so the two of us got together, you know, and we were just like, well, shit, let's do it. Yeah, you know, yeah. let's, let's do this. Now, let's put it together. There's talent here. Yeah, we just have to get people enough. to believe in the qu- real question you're getting. I was like, how do you get people to think second line, play, free? Right. That wasn't easy. Yeah. You get all these great musicians and all these backgrounds, you know, jazz backgrounds and everything else together. And I remember it, it, it guys works. telling me, like, they'd be like, 
this is not a jazz band, Bill. You're like, what are you trying to do? You know, and they didn't get it. It took it took a few years to really get people to believe in. No, man, you know, this is what we're doing. We're doing our own interpretations on stuff. Yeah. This is and this is what they do in New Orleans. You know, they yeah, yeah. all these wonderful brass bands out there. So, now, how have you? Uh, some of the other uh, interviews I've done, uh, we talk a lot about. You know, Social media and things of that nature, and how they promote it. I mean, this band seems like it's working a lot. I mean, I'm looking on Twitter and it's like popping up all over the place, and popping up in my Facebook feed. Um, how have you, without giving away any trade secrets, to the extent that you can say it, uh, how have you developed the work and developed the um, uh, exposure that's making this band? Popular. Man, I wish you, I wish I could give you the, the, the like the, here's the shortcut. Here's right, the right. you know, there's not. No uh, shortcut. No, okay. no. You know, we started off. I mean, we would put press packages together, big vanilla envelopes, you know, and yeah. you put a CD in there. Yeah. And we did some recording at UW Oshkosh. Right. right. Uh, in different places, we put some you know CDs together. You put together posters and you know just any material that can help you get a gig. Right. right. You know, and your cards and everything, and you'd send it off to all these festivals, places, and you'd get some calls, you know, yeah. and yeah. just getting in the dirt, you know, and, mm-hmm. and you know the biggest thing too, you know, when a door closes, you don't let it. Close, you know, a door closes. You know, you you, you really want to play this place, right, right? And they say no, and you so you keep asking. Yeah, you just okay. keep asking, you know, and and, and eventually, you know, you get in. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's a thing. I think a lot of people, you you know, they get they get they get upset or something. Oh, they don't want us. Uh, screw them. Yeah, you can't. Yeah, you, yeah. You know, it's it's a business, and you know, and if they can make, it's about money, right? If you can make them money, if you can fill the place and yeah, and yeah. make it work and. But Kelly and I, man, we hauled all of our equipment. We played for free. You know, we just paid the guys everything we could. Yeah. But yeah. it's how you got to get something off the ground, right. you know. Okay, yeah. Um, um, one of the things we were chatting about a few minutes ago, uh, diversity in music. Mm-hmm. I think it's important to at least have a conversation about it. Uh, now, up here in Green Bay, uh, Green Bay seems like a, you know, well, it's a smaller town. Well, I've seen poking around. It's just reasonably cosmopolitan. Um, how do you feel about being able to address issues of diversity in bands up here? Uh, I, I have played with the Blue Opus big band a little mm-hmm. bit a few times, and uh, I've seen a certain mix there. Mm-hmm. What are your feelings about that? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, you know, I can only give you my perspective. That's you know, fine. I'm sure yeah. I'm sure there's just a range, you know, of different people in different places that, you know, you know, here I am, you know, uh, personally, personally, I'm aware of it, uh, but I, I don't really pay attention to it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, I, yeah. I get it. I know the history and I even know the struggles today because certainly right. we have plenty. Right. Uh, but, you know, and we've, you know, T. Sims, you know, he sings with us quite a bit, you know, uh, you know, he, he's black from yeah. Chicago. Right. He's awesome. But I don't, he's, you know, I mean, you, you're aware that he's black because that's a good thing. Yeah. However, it doesn't matter at all. Okay. In the same sense, you know, the attitude of, of just being free, open, uh, you know, discrimination of any sort, you know. Uh, female race ages age a, absolutely yeah, age yeah. right uh, the way that we look the way that we you know for whatever reason yeah. even even ability level yeah. you know even ability level too that's discrimination yeah. you know you know so you know it's a matter of of just embracing for me my approach here at the blue opus yeah. and in fact you know when we came up you know you know, great food, great possibilities. The yeah. possibility, like, like we're we're open minded here. Yeah. I mean, that's our that's the way we go. You yeah. know, and and sexual orientation, uh, mm-hmm. any of that stuff, to me, uh-huh. is it, there's no reason to think that I'm better than or anybody else is better than anybody else for any of those okay. reasons. Even even skill level. Now, of course, in the band, you know, it's it's nice to you know run with the best players you can. But yeah. you know, yeah. tonight we had we had you know players that come in. We'll have high school players jump in with us and sit in. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's about that experience. It's about yeah. having fun. You know, um, getting back to your question and trying to do a better job of answering that. You know, I don't know if there's much that we can do. We don't have a big minority community here okay you know it's not like there's a chance to do something that i can see if there was right. something like oh i can give these guys a shot okay so the, i guess the vibe i'm picking up is 
do what you can with what you got. You, you yeah. do. You know, you do. You know, and when you have an opportunity to help somebody or help the community in that regard, and you know, it, it's not just me. There's a whole army yeah. that, that are willing to do that, that are colorblind. Right. For sure. Right. You know. Cool. Okay, next slide. This is something I always like to ask people. Man, my horse. That's why I get to come and do this after a gig, but after right, sitting in. Right. Um, okay, another thing to cut. One of the things I like to ask people is this. A lot of my listeners are part of my target audience. Are young musicians looking for a way to uh, to get started? Or how they're going to survive in the 21st century, which is not particularly friendly towards music and arts these days. So, how would you advise? Um, young musicians who wanted to take this seriously enough to become a professional musician. Uh, and would that maybe balance that against the concept of a day gig? Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Boy, that's a great question, man. You have all great questions. Yeah, yeah. You really do. You really do. Just uh, a great example right now. A band that came in you know, and I and I can give you all the perspective as a musician, as somebody who came up, as a person who moved to Green Bay and couldn't get a gig. Yeah. You know, it took a while to break into the you know the scene. You know, and mm-hmm. that's true with any 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 city. You know. Right. Now as a venue owner, you know, and and really trying to make this thing go, the Blue Opus, and trying to figure all of that out. You know, so all of the all of the you know avenues that you can look at, and I can say. There's a band out of Wausau right now called Substyle. Okay. And they called me, and, and, and they got a recommendation from Patrick Phelan, you right. know, who teaches a lot of those kids. Right. Um, and these kids are really serious about it. Their drummer studies with Rank Corb at UW-Stevens Point. I mean, they're really working at it hard. Uh-huh. And they came in, and they just wanted to come in and get some exposure. They wanted to play. And they came in and played for free on a Wednesday night. And they crushed it. They yeah. were incredible. Took their craft extremely seriously. And every time you hear them, they're, you, can, you can hear the progress. Right. All right. Um, really really exciting group where they're willing to play they realize they just want to get in front of people they're willing to play they came in and opened up for brass differential okay. about two weeks ago they came in and they played and they, they did such a wonderful job that and i booked them the following wednesday so that they get some promotion they brought about 30 people from that wow. into their show on wednesday because they, they were willing to open up for bands. So if you're willing to go and open up for popular bands that have a draw and play for free, okay. you got to start somewhere. Right. I think the biggest thing is, you know, these musicians, and especially in the, the you know, academia. And yeah. I'm not blaming them. I mean, you spent all this money in your education, so did I. You know, yeah. I mean, you, yeah. you, know, you ought to get paid. But, it, but in reality, there's a disconnect between academia and business. Right. You get paid when you can make money, when you can earn money. If you can earn a venue money, when you can draw a crowd, then you can make money. Yeah. You cannot make money no matter how good you are yeah. in, in this country, in, you know, capitalism. I mean, it's the reality. Right, right. Unless you're in, you know, you're sponsored or something, you know, right, right. Um, in those situations. So if you're wanting to be successful, you know, it depends what success is, if it's making money, if it's, you know, but it all works together. Right. You know, you have to be willing to get out there and beat it, you know, beat the, the, the rubber, you know, put the rubber on the road and, and, and knock down some doors. And, and, and now I will book them. I'll give them a cover charge. They've earned that. Okay. They can play here. You know, we've got them coming up in October. You know, they're going to make the they'll make they'll make good money. Okay. And now they've earned their place here. Okay. They would have never been able to play without without doing that's an example. I mean, as jazz musicians, the best thing you can do, you know, brass we have lots of students that have come in, and I let them always play with us. Okay. Man, it's it's part of our obligation to pass yeah. it on. You yeah. know, we've I you know it's what we do. Yeah. Yeah. So you you same way you come in and you you know you ask if you can sit in. And if you don't, that's okay. But you come back the next day again, and you never take no for an answer. Right, right. I mean, if you're hungry enough. And then, you know, when you have a bad night, I remember going to jam sessions, playing badly, and going to the practice room and playing yeah, yeah, until yeah. the sun came up. Because that wasn't going to happen next time, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. You know, and then if it did, you know, the same thing would happen. And, then, you know, but it's just, it's just it, takes, it takes guts. How do you feel about um, the notion of a day gig? There's no shame in being a musician with a day job. Do you, do you agree with that? Or? Oh, there's no shame in anything, man. I, okay. You know, my goodness. I mean, you just, we all do the best that we can, you it's know. Question, so. You know, I love it. No, but yeah, I appreciate it. But no, I mean, it. you know, uh, this is my day gig. Yeah. There's, There's got to be a day. I'm a trombone player. Right. I live in Green Bay. Green Bay is my home and I love it here. Right. So I can't, I can't take care of my family without something. So I have to teach music mm-hmm. or I have to open up a music venue, something. 
And I play as much as I can. You know, I play three nights a week on average, right. you know, two to three, right. you know, depending on the time of year, summertime, really busy, you know, yeah. 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 you know, with, with whatever. But, you know, you, you do what you got to do, you know. Um, brass differential. Where did that name come from? <laughs> so it's uh, we were hanging out. We had the concept. We really, you know, were excited about writing these arrangements and, and yeah. you know all these ideas. And we're sitting on It's like titling a song. How do you title a song? It's something that's the hardest part. You know, you get the you get the whole thing written. You're like, what's the what's the name of the thing? We wanted to be a brass band in the New Orleans tradition. We wanted to feature horns. We wanted the solo. We wanted to get up in front. We wanted to be able to solo. You know, all these bands that were playing and you don't get a chance to solo. Right, or right. you're soloing in a manner of you're really having to respect the artistic integrity uh, of the piece of music or style. Just play, so just playing with the band. Instead of just playing and yeah. letting her fly, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, uh, we're trying to figure it out, coming up with a logo. Our logo ended up looking like it was made out of plumbing products. <laughs> you know, that the bell was a plunger, we had like a ball valve, and so we're like plumbing, you know, and I've got some plumbing background. So the brass differential is part of a water heater. I mean, it's okay. like a plumbing product. Ah, okay. So there's a connection to the, you know, that sort of... So it's not a math thing. It's not a math thing. <laughs> no. With Kelly's background. It's, <laughs> it's not. Maybe. And we were trying to do something. We're not trying to be New Orleans. Okay. We're trying to be New Orleans influenced. We're trying to be who we are. Right. We're trying to be Green Bay. Right. We're a Green Bay bass, brass band with a New Orleans, a very, very strong New Orleans hair, you know, influence. influence. Okay. Big yes. influence there. Yeah. Okay. Um, if I were listening to the show, how would I find out more about Brass Differential? Oh, man. <laughs> I, you know, we've got a website. We've got Facebook. What's yeah. The website? website is www.brassdifferential.com. Okay. Yeah. And then Facebook just Brass Facebook just punched in Brass Differential. Okay. And, yep, you have a Facebook page and Instagram and all of those things. Okay, now, I post on your Facebook, uh, your book page. So you've got some tracks on your people. Yeah, you yeah. Okay. Are there any uh, YouTube things on there? Oh yeah, there's a, there's a lot of YouTube. You know, a lot of a lot of YouTube footage too. I mean, I don't know. I mean, we there's so much gets put up every night we play. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's hard yeah. to know. You know, it's it's some of it. You know, depending on the quality of the recording or oh, where you are and whoever. Yeah. I mean, it's tricky the stuff. Line, you know. Line, yeah, line, yeah. But you know, the best way to see brass differentials come to the Blue Opus. Okay. You come to the Blue Opus. It's it's our home. We play here yeah. every other weekend okay. at least. And BrassDifferential.com is the website. Absolutely. Very cool. Um, any final thoughts or anything about this? Anything that you'd like to share before we call it an evening? Yeah. You know, the, the feeling that I had tonight, you know, in it. This is after a gig, by the way. This is after yeah, a gig. I sat in and annoyed everybody. No, so. annoyed nothing, man. You crushed it. Oh, my goodness. It was wonderful. So... I guess my my thoughts are I just I, the the feeling that I have is, is just intense gratitude. Yeah. I'm so grateful to be able to have the community of people that I have around me. Yeah. Uh, I, you know the, the the members of Brass Differential are are, are like are my best friends. Yeah. They're they're truly my best friends. You know yeah, I mean I just love them and they're they're wonderful, super skilled, talented musicians. And when you have the feeling up on stage, you know yeah. that you have with I mean, you can do anything. You You're know. sailing in the bar. Today. What the <laughs> heck was that? Okay. I'm sorry, I had to get that out. I was like, "Where is it? He's on the bar." He's sitting in the bar. Fall in. <laughs> that was really cool. But when you oh, started playing, you. I was dropping one. <laughs> um, anyway, listen, Bill. I thank you so much for doing this. Um, I've wanted to talk to you guys about this for some time, so really appreciate your input. I'm sure that you and Kelly. Uh, our, our offering thoughts here that will have some meaning for uh, our listeners so thanks for letting me chat with you about well thanks for coming tonight thanks for this thanks for what you do thanks for being a part of the community <laughs> thanks for coming tonight and playing with us well, man what a treat seeing. for us right. man you elevated the group tonight oh, big time oh, no absolutely you did alright okay. great uh, thanks so much Fascinating chatting with these two gentlemen this evening. There are two functions to this podcast. One is to give voice to musicians who, for one reason or another, 
usually geography, don't get heard enough. The other is to share ideas with up-and-coming musicians looking for ways to survive in the 21st century. One survival idea that has surfaced in my pods has been the idea of creating your own way. I.e., if you can't find gigs as a sideman, create your own band and create your own gigs. Bill Hill has taken it to an even higher level. He not only created his own band and gigs, he created his own club. Went way outside of the box on that. The Blue Opus is a nice casual restaurant nightclub in Green Bay. They specialize in the good food, and you guess it, it's from New Orleans. The food is excellent and reasonably priced. Music is a huge part of the atmosphere, and bands play there almost every night of the day of the year. It's not just a summer thing. The Blue Opus is indeed a very hip, bright spot in Green Bay, and if you're ever up there, be it for a football game or anything else, you owe it to yourself to check out that club. I want to thank Bill and Kelly for allowing me to corner them at a gig. The conversations were fascinating and encouraging, and I hope this can trigger some outside-of-the-box thinking on the part of our listeners. Well, that's it for this edition of Duets from the Trenches, Musicians You Should Know. Just a quick reminder to also visit my website, www.nickdrawsoff.com, and consider the possibilities. Hey, I would love to come play with your band anywhere in the world. Just check out my uh, contact information at the website. We'll work something out. Okay. In any case, until the next show, this is your friendly neighborhood studio man, Nick Drozdoff, saying, don't stop the music. Peace. Thank you.